Grace and mercy and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Lest you thought I skipped the reading before, I did not. I decided just to incorporate it into today's message, so hopefully you didn't get too excited over that little leap of faith in the midst of the service. Today is Palm Sunday. This is the week traditionally where the Christian church marks the last week of Jesus' life. We go through the Passion, the Crucifixion, and the Resurrection. Today's message is really built upon a reading that takes place right ahead of the Palm Sunday entrance, which we read together earlier in our service today. It's the story of a woman who comes to Jesus, and she anoints his head with some very costly perfume. This little act of service done by this woman, at least according to Jesus, was a very beautiful thing. It was an act of worship that's worthy to be remembered. It's worthy to be talked about down through the ages. Now, in this story this morning, as we look at our text from Matthew chapter 26, we want to learn some lessons. The lessons we want to learn today are what it means to really give God our worship, what it really means to truly love Him. There are three key ideas in this story from Matthew 26 that I want us to recognize. But first, let's listen to this story as it comes from God's Word. Matthew 26, the first 13 verses. When Jesus had finished saying all these things, he said to his disciples, As you know, the Passover is two days away, and the Son of Man will be handed over to be crucified. Then the chief priests and elders of the people assembled in the palace of the high priest whose name was Caiaphas, and they plotted to arrest Jesus in some sly way and kill him. But not during the feast, they said, or there may be a riot among the people. While Jesus was in Bethany at the home of a man known as Simon the leper, a woman came to him with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume, which he poured on his head as he was reclining at the table. When the disciples saw this, they were indignant, why this waste, they asked. This perfume could have been sold at a high price and the money given to the poor. Aware of this, Jesus said to them, Why are you bothering this woman? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have with you, but you will not always have me. When she poured this perfume on my body, she did it to prepare me for burial. I tell you the truth, wherever this gospel is preached, Throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. Now, when you study a text, and I hope that you do that from time to time as you have your Bible. It's always good to have your Bible in church with you, by the way. When you compare Matthew's version of this story with Mark, Luke, and John, you're going to see that there are certain details that are included in their accounts that you're not going to find in Matthew. One of the interesting things is, if you read the same story in Luke, Luke identifies this woman as a, quote, sinful woman. Now, you can just about guess what a sinful woman might have been in the days of Jesus. Probably in some form of prostitution, but whatever, she was a woman who had a past. Luke mentions that she was a sinful woman, but Matthew in our text does not. And you might ask yourself, why doesn't Matthew mention that she was a sinful woman? I'm going to suggest to you it's because her past didn't really matter. 
And friends, I want to remind you of something today, too. Your past does not really matter. And I need to say that because I'm aware that in every church I've ever been, in every place I have ever preached around this world, that there are some people who feel a little bit uneasy about being in a church. Some of you may have come in this morning carrying a burden of sin of some kind. Some of you may feel a little bit unworthy to be in the presence of God. Some of you may feel like you really have no business being there. To be quite honest, for many people in America, many people right here in Texarkana, the front door of the church is one of life's biggest barriers because they view church as being a place where only holy people get together. Well, this is a holy group this morning. We are wholly sinful. We are mean, miserable sinners. That's who we are. But I want you to know something. This church is not going to be a church where we label people. Where we label people as sinners or not as good or whatever. Because quite honestly, Jesus does not do that either. Your past, friends, doesn't really make any difference. Your past ought not to prevent you from giving your life to Jesus. Your past, whatever it may be, should not keep you from worshiping Him or loving Him or serving Him today. Say it one more time. Your past ought not to hold you back, whatever it may be. Now, let's look at three key ideas here in the text today. Here's key idea number one. Jesus is worth the very best you have to give. Let me read to you again from the text. Matthew writes in verses 6 and 7, While Jesus was in Bethany in the house of a man known as Simon the leper, that's a whole story unto itself, what's Jesus doing in the house of the leper? Quite honestly, Jesus says it doesn't make any difference. I could cure it. It doesn't going to bother me. It doesn't make any difference who I eat supper with. It says, A woman came to him with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume, which she poured on his head as he was reclining on the table. Now, Matthew says it was very expensive perfume. If you got your Bible and you turn back to the the book of Mark, Mark says, hey, I'll tell you how expensive this stuff was. It could have been sold for 300 denarius. Now, 300 denarius is almost a year's pay. That's a lot of money. A lot of money. And when I read that, I thought, it better smell good, too, if it's going to cost you a year's pay. Now, how much is a year's pay? Well, if you take the minimum wage in America today and you multiply that out to a a 40-hour work week, it comes out to about $12,500. Now, can you imagine a bottle of perfume that costs you $12,500 and then pour it on some man's head or pour it on his feet? That's what she did. You ought to ask yourself, why did she do that? Answer, Jesus was worth the very best that she could give him. Now, obviously, whatever this woman's situation was, she she was a woman of means. She could probably afford that perfume. The point of the story, though, is not that we ought to be extravagant beyond our means. The point of this story in the text is that we should be as extravagant to God in our service as we possibly can. And I'm talking about a whole lot more than money. Let me give you an example. A number of years ago, 
there was a man named Mike Pilavachi. Mike Pilavachi is a youth pastor in England. He was meeting with one of the youngsters in his youth group, and, and they decided to get together once a week just to pray, to study the Word, and to worship a little bit. And so Mike asked this high school-age student, what night would you like to get together? This high school student said, well, you know, Saturday night is the best night of the week for a teenager, so let's give Jesus the best night. Let's meet on Saturday night. So Mike and this young high schooler began setting aside Saturday nights to to worship, to pray, to study God's Word. Now, that young student's name, by the way, is Matt Redmond. That name may not mean a lot to you. It means a lot to me because he's written a lot of wonderful contemporary Christian music. The heart of worship and let my words be few. And those Saturday nights set aside for the best time suddenly began to explode. And down through these last number of years, hundreds and thousands of young people have been brought and drawn to Jesus just because somebody said, we'll give him our best. Let me ask you this, friends. Do you want to learn to really love Jesus? To really love him? Do you want to learn to worship him in ways that would really please his heart? Because he's looking for worshipers today. That's what the Bible says. He's looking for people who will worship him in spirit and in truth. If you really want to do that, if you really want to love him, if you want to really worship him, then you need to give him your best. The best part of your day. I don't know when that might be. It might be in the morning. It might be in the evening. Give him the best part of your week. Be as extravagant with God as you can afford to be. Now, he doesn't expect you uh, to do more than you can, but I'm going to tell you that when you give him your very best, whatever that may be, he smiles. He says, that's a beautiful thing. That's exactly what the text says. Here's the second key. He's worth all the criticism you'll take. That might surprise you, huh? He's worth the criticism. You ever been criticized for the sake of Jesus? You know, I I certainly have. Let me tell you, one of the saddest things about being criticized is that you will often have to endure criticism from people who you'd least expect to get it from. I've been involved in ministry for 40 years. Some of the hardest criticism I've ever gotten comes from people who plop themselves in a pew on a Sunday morning. You ever had that happen? You're doing God's work and you're really struggling and striving to be all God wants you to be, loving Jesus, and you kind of get it from somebody else in church. And this story is such a perfect example of that. In fact, the most unbelievable and almost one of the most shocking verses in the whole Bible, I read it to you already, it's found in this story. Do you remember what it was? The woman poured this expensive perfume on the feet of Jesus, and what did his faithful followers say? Let me read it to you again. Verse 8, when the disciples, you know who those guys were, saw this, they were indignant, and they said, why this Waste. Do you get that? They called this woman's extravagant love and worship a waste. Can you even can you even begin to imagine that? An act of worship, the gift given to Jesus to prepare him.
for his burial, the disciples called a waste of money. You find that a little bit sad? Maybe a little bit offensive? Can you imagine, for example, you come up to me and you say, Hey, Dr. Culp just bought my wife a new dress. And I go, what a waste. That'd be hard to imagine, wouldn't it? Yet that's exactly what the disciples said. Now, the disciples weren't usually wrong, but they were dead wrong in this case. Giving your best for Jesus is never a poor use of your resources, whatever those resources may be. Ministering to Jesus, worshiping Jesus, sacrificing for Jesus is never a waste. The disciples in this story really missed the point, and this teaches us something about critics. Let me give you a little lesson on critics, particularly critics in the church. While this woman was ministering to Jesus, the critics were what? They weren't doing anything. That's the chief characteristic of a critic. They're the ones who aren't doing anything other than yapping about other people. They're not trying. They're not active. They're just flapping their lips in the breeze. All I'm saying is, when you give your best for Jesus, keep in mind, there will be some people who just don't get it. Let me give you a couple examples. You all know I work in post-prison ministry. There are 70,000 Christian brothers and sisters who will walk out of prison this year, and if a Christian brother or sister doesn't meet them there, the devil will. When you go and you take a week off, and you go to Angola Prison in Louisiana, like I do, believe it or not, there are some people who say, Pastor, don't you have anything better to do with your time? They just plain, simple, don't get it. There will some, be some people who will always find fault. I swear if Jesus preached in the pulpits of some churches today, some people would nitpick his sermon. There are going to be people who will always criticize your motives and they'll criticize your methods. Can you actually believe it that there are some people, it bothers them that I don't wear a robe? Don't you see it? I got the robe of righteousness. Ah, just brought to me by the blood of Jesus Christ. It's the best robe I could possibly wear. Just keep in mind that sometimes criticism is just a smokescreen to obscure the fact that some of the people who are critical aren't doing much of anything. And so don't let critical people stop you from worshiping God. If you're a high school student, don't let other people, you know, you know, keep you from expressing your love for Jesus. Remember, one thing I've always thought, you know, it's really hard to rock the boat when you're busy rowing it. You know, just get active in the ministry and love Jesus and worship Jesus. Not long ago, I met a young man who just graduated from the seminary. He decided not to follow the typical ministry track of taking a call to pastor an existing church. Actually, what he did was he decided to do mission work in Mexico to the poorest of the poor. Now, do you know what his family and his own pastor told him? They told him he was wasting his life. As if the poorest of the poor in Mexico were not as good as maybe the middle class or the upper middle class in the county he came from. Friends, when you give Jesus your best, 
There are going to be people who are, 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 are going to find fault with your actions. They're going to challenge the integrity of your choices. They will, they will criticize your methods. And sometimes, sometimes that criticism will come from those you least expect. But don't let it stop you. It happened to Jesus. Why should you expect, why should I expect anything different? Giving Jesus your best is never a waste of your time or your talent or your treasure. In fact, what does Jesus say? It's a beautiful thing. It brings a smile to his face. Here's a third thing we learn from this story. He's worth your attention right now. Right now. Not, not yesterday, not tomorrow, but right now. Jesus said something in this story that has been terribly misunderstood and in, in fact it's kind of been abused in verse 10 verse 11 Jesus says the poor you'll always have with you now some social minded people would voice the same objection as disciples they said oh why waste it why don't you just sell it and we'll give all the money to the poor there are some other people that justify social inaction would say Hey, they're all, they're, you know, there will always be poor people, so why bother with them? Now, that's hardly the point that Jesus was making here. His point is that she is to be commended because she did something about worship and love right now. Listen again to verse 10. Why are you bothering this woman? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have with you, but you will not always have me. When she poured this perfume on my body, she did it to prepare me for burial. You see, friends, helping the poor is always a good thing. In fact, if you had your Bibles and you flip back one chapter to Matthew chapter 25, what do you, what do you read? Jesus in Matthew 25 says, Whenever you've done this, for the least of these, my brothers, you have done it unto me. Now, Jesus told us, and he's telling his disciples here, that the most important thing in our lives is our devotion to him. The most important time for expressing that devotion is when? It's right now. The difference between this woman and the disciples was not that she owned an expensive bottle of perfume and they didn't. The big difference was that her heart was focused on Jesus right now. And the disciples, who knows what they were thinking about. I mean, she was willing to do something right now, but they, they preferred talking about their good intentions, what they were going to do someday. They wanted to pontificate on how other people ought to spend their money. They weren't really ready to do anything themselves. This is Holy Week. It ought to remind us that Jesus was about to suffer a horrendous death. In a few days, he is going to be beaten. He is going to be mocked. He's going to be scourged. He's going to be ridiculed. He's going to be spit on. He's going to be tortured. He's going to be murdered. In a few days, he's going to be abandoned by almost all of the people who claim to be his friends. He was facing anguish way beyond our ability to even begin to understand it. And what were the disciples doing? They were arguing how a rich woman should spend her money. They weren't paying any attention to Jesus. Here's what I want you to zero in on. The difference between the woman and the disciples is that she worshipped Jesus in the present tense. Her, her heart was focused in on the now. 
And she worshipped Him in the now. She served Him in the now. Now, do you want to worship Jesus in a way that pleases Him? Then do something now. It doesn't really do much good to talk about the way things ought to be done any more than it makes a lot of sense to talk about the way things used to be done. The question is, what are you willing to do right now? He's worth everything you've got right now. Let's not forget again what he says in verse 10. She has done a beautiful thing for me. I love this story. It shows us how to express our love for Jesus. It shows us how to worship Him and to serve Him in a way that pleases Him. Could you tell somebody now how to do that? If not, let me repeat it for you one more time. Give Him the very best you have, the best part of your resources, your time, your talent, and your treasure. Even when other people don't give, get it. You give Jesus what he deserves anyway. And most of all, do it now. He's worth it. It's a beautiful thing. Let's pray. Father, I again just thank you for your word. Your word which is just as timeless as can be. A story that maybe 2,000 years ago still speaks today. Lord, we want to love you. We desire to serve you, not because of anything that we get out of it. For surely we understand that there's no way that we can earn our salvation. But this is just our way of responding to the wonderful love you've shown us by sending your son Jesus into this world to suffer and die for us. Lord, may we be people who are willing to give you the very best of what we have. People who are willing to stand up to criticism and just do it anyway. And to do it right now. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.